Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Yeah, parenting sure does change over the years, doesn't it? I feel like there's a couple of those times that I can relate. The braces thing, I'm there right now, all right? So all parents out there dealing with braces, I feel your pain. I love you. But mothers, I know we said Happy Mother's Day again, but can I get all the moms to stand up? Again, go ahead and stand up. Let's just honor all these mothers today. You guys are awesome. Thank you for everything that you've done in your family. Thank you, kids. Don't forget to honor your mothers today. Uh, if you can drive, go see them. Uh, if you can drive, if they're close enough. If they're not, give them a call. But uh, don't forget to honor and appreciate your mother uh, today. All right? This is one of their days, all right? Last week, we started a series, and the series was called Family Dynamics. It is called Family Dynamics. Pastor Barry talked about and gave some definitions about different musical terms. He also talked about following the conductor. It was a great message, and I'm not going to recap it all. You guys should go back and watch it. It's online. Uh, But he challenged all of us to follow the conductor for the month of May concerning our families. Now, I have a little confession to make today, and that confession is that I am actually really super musical. I don't know why they don't have me on the worship team, but I do have like a lot of knowledge about music. I have a great voice, um, like an angel. It's like an angel, all right? That's my voice. Um, I know a lot of uh, musical technical terms, like all that Pastor Barry went over last week. Knew them. Knew them. I'm really good. Um, I have a great ear for music, uh, and that is why today I get to preach on harmony, I'm real good at it. I'm great. Okay, I'm just kidding. I hope you guys know. I'm just kidding. In fact, I don't have an ear for music. I do sing like an angel to, to myself in the car when nobody's around, in the shower by myself. I, I mean, I'm pretty good, I feel like. Um, rhythm has never been in this body at all. As a kid, I wanted to play drums. That lasts about a week. I can't find rhythm. In fact, I'm so bad at rhythm. I was a children's pastor for like eight years. And what I used to do um, is I would wait until I knew that there was a kid, like a fourth, third, fourth, fifth grader that was in the crowd. And I knew that they were musical. I would wait till they found the beat and started clapping. And then I would clap as a leader. You know, I still do that. But instead of waiting for the kid, I wait till Leah starts to clap up here. And I'm like, hey, Leah, thank you. So uh, worship uh, leaders up here, clap. It helps us out, okay? It helps some of us out here. Um, I'm actually so bad at music that one time in college, I was riding with uh, one of my buddies who was very musical, and the song came on, and I just thought, hey, I would sing. You know, I like to sing in the car. I sang, and he, he gave me the nastiest, dirtiest look. He's like, oh, I don't even think that was a note. I can't find, I don't, that was horrible. You know, he's like, you, you really shouldn't sing anymore. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. He was not being mean. He was not wrong. Music just isn't my thing. But even though music isn't my thing, I do know what I like and what I dislike when I am listening to music. Uh, When I'm watching American Idol, I I can't always tell if somebody hits the right note. I can't tell if the pitch was right or even what pitch is. I don't know. Um, But I could tell, I can't tell all the technical stuff, but I could tell you if I like that person and I like their voice or not. 
With all that being said, this morning, uh, like I said, we are going to be talking about harmony within the family. So, of course, my first question is, what's harmony? What is harmony? I asked a few people, and a lot of people actually couldn't tell me a definition of harmony. They just knew, like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Or, no, I can't do that. You know, so who, this person's really good at harmony. You know, I, I'd get a lot of that, but not a, a good definition. So, I looked it up. And the dictionary says, harmony is the combination of simultaneously sounded music, musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions having a pleasant effect. So to me, I looked at that, video, or that definition and I was like, what? What does that mean? I don't understand this. But to somebody who is musical, they can hear that definition and say, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that with my voice. So this morning, instead of me just telling you what harmony is, I thought I would show you. I'd show you what good harmony is. Now, don't worry. I'm not singing, all right? We, uh, we've already established that that is not me, all right? So if I could have Pastor Barry uh, and Anna, I know that they can, they can do it. So let's go ahead and give it up for them. They're, they will demonstrate what good harmony is. <clears throat> Aw. <laughs> I heard a lot of that out there. <laughs> all right, so you guys go ahead and demonstrate what good harmony is. I don't know. Ooh, good check. Whew. Check. Check. Pro move right check. there. Pro move right there. Good job. Ready? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that Was there harmony in that? Okay, great. Yeah, see, let's give it up for them one more time. They did good. <laughs> but that got me thinking, if there is good harmony like that, then there has to be a bad harmony, right? So since we demonstrated good harmony, I think we should demonstrate bad harmony. All right? So um, Denny, where's Denny at? Denny, come on up here. Can I use that microphone? I'm gonna give him this one. So, all right, Denny, you come on over here. Before I get started, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the best yeah, We're leader. on a time limit. All I'm, right, okay, good. <laughs> my, my, my wife was a leader for 55 years. She would never let me sing. Here's your chance, buddy. So, all right, here. Thank you for letting me sing. Uh, you're welcome, listen to this. Okay. This is, this is the note. This is the note. Oh, I got it. Q, 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 got Q flat. flat. All right. Are we ready? <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a like me. See? 
<laughs> you're found. You're found. It's all right. You're found. All right. Let's give it up for Debbie. Why did he get a bigger clap than the ones that did it good? Uh, yeah, good job. So first of all, I want to say thank you, Peggy, for only letting him sing in the car or when he's not around people. Peggy is the real hero here. Uh, <laughs> so there was good. Was there any harmony in that? Okay, so, we're, so there was like a little bit of harmony, and then all of a sudden he just said, Anna, take a back seat. I got this. <laughs> Thank you, Denny, for being a good sport and doing that for me. <clears throat> All right. Now, just like there can be bad harmony, there is uh, a good harmony and bad harmony in music. There can be good harmony and bad harmony within the family. All right. We've all heard the phrase, happy wife, happy life. Or today we could say happy mom, happy life. Doesn't quite have that ring, but we could say that. We joke about that, but as parents, our attitudes set the moods for our families. We get to decide every day if we are going to set the example for good harmony or bad harmony within our family. We as parents are the gauge setters so the harmony of our homes can be beautiful. This morning we're going to look at a few different mothers in the Bible. My prayer is that we will walk out of here with a little more harmony within our families. <clears throat> so to have harmony within our families, it requires a few things. It requires a few things from us as parents. Harmony within the family requires faith. All right, that's point one. You can write that down, point one. Requires faith. I want to look today at a mother who demonstrated great faith with her newborn son. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or whatever, go ahead and open up to Exodus 2. We're going to read a few scriptures. If you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay. We will have it on the screen I put the media people to work today, so uh, if, if you don't have your Bibles, it's all right. But we're going to go ahead and read Exodus 2, 1 through 10. It says, Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant with, and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. <clears throat> but when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it amongst, among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the, to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. All right. Most of us know this story because it's the story of Moses. But here's what's going on with what we just read. The king of Egypt had just put an order out that all of the midwives needed to kill every male baby that was born to the Hebrew woman. But the midwives did not obey the king because they feared God. So they decided we're going to go against uh, Pharaoh and we're not going to do that. So then Pharaoh gave an order to all his people that if they were to give birth to a boy, they needed to throw the baby into the Nile, but they could 
but they could let all the baby girls live. That's where we pick up the story of Moses and, and his mother. Does anybody know the, uh, his mother's name? Jacobed. I, I looked it up. I listened to the, it's Jochebed. I'm just, it's okay. I, I just, no, <laughs> you were right though. Good. Jochebed is uh, Moses' mother. We see that Jochebed did not want to kill Moses to give him over to Pharaoh and have Moses throw, Moses be thrown into the Nile River. So she hid him for three months until he was so big to hide that he, she couldn't hide him anymore. And again, she didn't want him to die, so she de- then demonstrated a great deal of faith when she put him into a basket without really knowing where he would end up. She just put, she, she made this basket up, she set it in the, the reeds of the Nile, and then sent him down the river, not knowing what would happen to the baby. She had great faith as a mother. The best definition of faith is found in Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Jochebed did this with her son. It wasn't easy. It wasn't what she would have wanted to do. But she knew that she had to put her trust in God and believe that he was going to take care of her son. Even though she couldn't see the end result for her child, even though she really didn't know if he would live or if he would die, she put her confidence in God put her hope and assurance in God, and because of that, God took care of Moses and did great things with his life. How many times as parents do we try to take control away from God because lack of faith? I think we've all done that before. I know that I've told this story before, but I remember when um, Megan was pregnant with Maddie, and we got a call from, from the doctor telling us that something was wrong with Maddie, and there was a possibility she could be born without a spine. They couldn't tell from the ultrasound that she, w- that she was going to have major problems or not after she was born. But we got this call, and we got this news after waiting to conceive for four years, after having multiple miscarriages, and now they're calling us to tell us that the baby we're pregnant, pregnant with at the time is going to have major problems. Also, they told us that we needed to go and, and see the neonatal natal surgeon, but he wouldn't be in for two weeks. He was just out of town for two weeks. So we have all this news that comes, in, comes at us, and now we'll have to wait and actually see the doctor. You want to talk about our faith being tested? It was tested the most it's ever been in my life. As a parent as, and as a soon-to-be dad, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to, I wanted to and in fact, I did cry. I wanted to get mad at God. I wanted to do something. I wanted to take the controls back. I wanted to take care of this. But there really wasn't anything that I could do except put my faith in God more than I ever have before. Trust that even though I couldn't see the end result, even though I really didn't know what was going to happen, I, couldn't, I, I could pray and I could walk by faith and not by sight. I had to put my trust, I had to give the controls, the reins back over to God and say, okay, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to step out in faith, and I know that this, this baby is going to be perfect in your sight. And, you know, as, as you know, Maddie is, is great. She's born, no, no problems besides being disobedient every now and then, but, you know, we're working on that. <laughs> But I really needed to do what 1 Corinthians 2, 5 says to do when it says, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Sometimes we rely so much on our wisdom and what we know uh, that we take the faith right out of the picture. 
When we take faith out of the picture, we are really taking God's power out of the picture as well. Jochebed stepped out in great faith when she put Moses into the basket and sent him down the Nile River. Even though she didn't know where he would end up or if he would even live. She chose to not take the control into her own hands. She chose to not rest on human wisdom, but to put her faith in God and his power. And it was because of her faith that God blessed Jochebed, and she still got to take care of her kid. We saw at the end there that she was the one to nurse Moses. She was the one to take care of him through his infancy. She was still blessed because she had faith, and she let God take care of this situation. Also because of that move of faith, Moses rose up into a great man who set the Israelites free from slavery. If you want to have harmony within your family, step out in faith as a parent. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. It's not always fun. But when you step out in faith and let God take control, you experience harmony. I remember when I finally stopped trying to take control and just decided to trust God and step out in faith and believe that, that the daughter we conceived was his perfect will for Megan and myself. That's when peace and harmony flooded over us as a family. So number one, if you want to have harmony with your, with your family, it's going to require faith. Secondly, harmony within the family requires focus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is a great example of how there can be harmony when we have focus. Just put yourself in her shoes for a moment. You are a young girl, and an angel visits you and tells you that you are going to give birth to the Savior of the world. You're not married yet. There's nobody around to, to even back up your story that an angel actually appeared to you and told you these things. I mean, if I'm Mary, I have a ton of questions. I have a ton of questions. I don't want, uh, I don't want that kind of pressure in my life, so my focus would be on all of those questions that I would have. It wouldn't be on what the angel just told me. It wouldn't be on raising this kid. My focus would be on what's happening here. But Mary says in Luke 1, 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. What kind of focus and poise does this young lady have? To not just go against this angel, to not just ask the angel to put, put that on somebody else that she doesn't want it. To not focus on what everybody else around her will assume or gossip about. But instead, she chose to focus on God and what God had spoken to her and respond by saying, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Yes, my, may your will be done, not mine. In Luke 2.51 it says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This is 12 years later, and it's when Jesus was left in the temple and he was talking to the religious leaders of the day. His parents, after three days, got, got back to the temple to find him there. And at this point, Mary didn't understand everything that was happening. But she did know that God gave her this child to raise and to be an example in front of. So she kept her focus. She treasured up everything in her heart. Mary was a great mom and a great example, even though I can't even imagine trying to be an example to the king of kings. But she did it. Proverbs 22.6 says, Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Mary did this, and we need to do the same thing if we want to see our kids follow Christ. Now, as a youth pastor, 
I think it's fair to say that I, I've seen a lot of parents lose their focus. They have let everything that their kid is in and is doing go ahead of Jesus. In fact, I was in a conversation with a parent a few weeks ago um, uh, via Facebook. The parent said to me, I would like my child to go to camp because lately they've been saying how they're not sure if they even believe in Jesus anymore. I can tell this parent like, really cares about their kid and stuff like that, and they're just like, I want them to go to camp. I want them to have Jesus, you know, um, so could they go with you? I told this parent, I would love to have their child to go to camp with us, and I sent her the dates, and I, I said, let me know if, it would, if she would be able to go. I also told her that I would find some friends to hang out with her. I found out that this, this kid loves horses, and I was like, oh, that's no problem. We have people in our youth group who love horses. I will get them connected. They can talk, so she'll have some friends, um, and, and it would be great. I was like, <clears throat> again, let, let, let me know if she can go. Here are the dates. Here's what's going to happen, all that stuff. Then the parent types back and says, well, let me check our schedule. Because there might be a rodeo that week. And if there's a rodeo, nothing trumps a rodeo. Nothing. I knew right then that the issue uh, was, it was a focus issue and, and a priority issue. The focus and the priorities were off in this family. Something growing up that I, actually, I hated as a kid, but looking back now, I actually love that my parents did was you know, I was in sports. I loved baseball. I loved soccer. My sister was, was pretty good at um, playing softball. Uh, so we, we loved to, you know, I, I was that kid that would get home from school and put my uniform on, even though my game wasn't until like 8, you know. Or if it was a Saturday, I'm, I'm wearing my uniform all day. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't like to miss practices. I didn't like to miss games. I wanted to be there for everything. But my parents made up a rule in our house that it didn't matter if it was a practice or if it was a game. We were not going to miss church for a sporting event. Didn't matter if it was a tournament. I remember a soccer tournament. I left in the middle of the tournament because we had a church event going on, and I went to it. And they meant it. Um, I, so right, right when we would get our schedule, I would look at it, and I would, I would look through and see, okay, what Wednesday nights are am I going to miss? What games might I miss throughout the year? And then I would go back, and I would have to tell my coach, uh, hey, I won't be here for these games at all. Back then, again, I hated that I had to do that. But now I look back, and it was such a good thing to instill in us as kids. It was okay that I missed a game. I'm not a professional baseball player anyway. You know, <laughs> never was going to be one, you know. But uh, it, it was okay to instill that in the kids. Then nothing is going to trump Jesus. Why don't we have that attitude versus, you know, nothing's going to trump my schedule. Let's have this attitude of, you know what, nothing is going to trump Jesus. Let's put our focus on him. Going and worshiping in the house and listen, uh, house of the Lord and listening to the word of God is way more, more important than any of the other scheduled stuff that we put up. Our focus as a family was on the things of Jesus first. Then everything else would fall under that. Since it's Mother's Day, I'd like to brag on another thing that my mom uh, used to do as a kid, and I think she still does this, but I can remember as a kid um, walking around the house and there would be like a stack uh, of books or Bibles on the counter, or sometimes it would be on our front porch. Um, sometimes it would be, you know, it would just be all over at different times, you know. But my mom would wake up early every morning, and, and she would read the Bible. She would pray for us kids. She would pray about the day. She would be studying some sort of book. And for me as a kid to see that, that's important. Her focus was on Jesus first, 
And like I said, I believe she still does that. What a great example for her kids to see and know. I want my kids to know and to see that their parents read the Bible, that we love Jesus with all of our hearts. We need to train our kids up in the way they should go. We need to be the example. If you want your kids to focus on Jesus, then you as a parent need to focus on Jesus. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. We need to model focusing on Jesus to our kids. They need to see, they need to see you do it, and they need to hear you talk about it. You can't impress these things on your kids if it's not first impressed on your heart. If you want to have harmony with your family, I would ask, where's your focus? Are you as a parent modeling how to put your focus first on Jesus, then on other things? Mary was focused on her mission, which was raising the Son of Man. And she treasured all these things in her heart. As parents, let's focus on our mission, which is raising godly kids who love Jesus with their whole hearts. It starts with us. We model it first. So the first thing that harmony with the family requires is faith. It requires focus. And thirdly, harmony within the family requires following. When we are following and obeying God, there will be harmony within your family. One of the best moms to demonstrate how following and obeying God creates good harmony within the family is Sarai. Unfortunately, though, she also shows us how not following and obeying God can create bad harmony with the family, like the harmony with Denny, the bad harmony, all right? <laughs> God had made a covenant with Abram in Genesis 15, 5, and it says, he took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God promised Abram right there that he was going to bless him with offspring. And not just one, many, <laughs> a lot. Look up at the stars, count them. That's your offspring. That's a lot uh, of, of offspring. But God promised that. God made him that covenant. Well, a little while passed, and Sarai and Abram, Abram did, still didn't have any kids. In fact, in Genesis 16, 1 through 2, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Then after 10 years, Sarai gave her husband to Hagar. He slept with her, and they had a kid. Why do I bring all that up? <clears throat> I bring that up because God had a plan set out and put in place for Abram and Sarai. But because they grew impatient and couldn't wait on God's timing, she took matters into her own hands. She changed the plan. When she did that, all of a sudden, Strife entered the family. Division entered the family. Her and Abram started to argue and fight about what to do with Hagar and the child that she was having. Sarai wanted Hagar out of the camp, even though it was her idea that Abram and Hagar uh, would sleep together. When they didn't follow and obey the plan that God set out before them as a family, the good harmony that could have been there went out the window. And God's plan was delayed. This reminds me, uh, we haven't had a Molly story yet today, so let's have a Molly story. What do you guys say? Molly's my other daughter. But it reminds me, a couple weeks ago, Molly asked if she could walk home by herself. All right? 
she had been asking if she could walk home by herself since like January when it was snowing and freezing and I just said no it's too cold the weather's not not good you don't need to walk home when really I'm like I'm, I'm scared I don't want you to walk home <laughs> I don't know where you go you know but I was like no, we're not going to do it right now. We have to wait until the weather gets nicer. Well, two weeks ago, the weather got nice. And so, of course, she's like, can I walk home now? She doesn't forget a thing. So I'm like, all right, let me talk to Megan. Let me talk to my wife. Let's see what we can work. And Megan and I talked. We discussed it. And we're like, all right, you can walk home. So what I did was we got in the car the day before. And we drove, uh, we drove to the school. And I, I, I said, this is where I'm going to park because it could rain. So I'm going to park right here. Uh, if it rains, jump in the car, we'll go. If it doesn't rain, here's the street you can take. Take that street, and that's fine. Because in my mind, what I, what I was actually going to do was I was going to follow her home anyway. You know, as a good parent, you know, I'm like, I'm going to follow her home and make sure she does this. So uh, I said, this is the plan. I'm going to be here. Rains, jump in the vehicle. If it doesn't rain, go ahead and walk with your friends down the street. So the day came. And I go to where I said I was going to park, and I park there, and I wait. And I wait. And I wait. Now, this is Molly, so I gave her the benefit of the doubt. She's a little uh, slower moving when it comes to, like, all the other kids will get out, of the, get out of school, and they'll go right to the car. Not Molly. It still takes her an extra 10 minutes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just wait a little longer. I, she's coming. I know that she'll be here. So this is the road that she has to take. So she has to walk by me no matter what. And I waited. And okay, now it's about, you know, quarter after three. And it's about, you know, I need to be at the middle school to pick up my other daughter at this time. And she still hasn't passed. So I, the fear, the anxiety, all this stuff start to, to enter in. And I'm like, oh no, where is this girl? She's supposed to be here and she's not so I had to call a good friend to go and pick up my other daughter at school, you know, because now I have to drive around and find this girl. So I did. I started driving around for about five, ten minutes. And I finally found that her friend wanted to walk down a different street. So Molly said, okay, I will do that. And I saw them walking uh, across the street where they needed to go, but just a different street. <clears throat> You know, and it, it was extra, extra time, and finally when I saw her, all the panic and everything kind of simmered down, but the harmony was definitely off when I finally found her, you know, because she didn't follow the plan uh, that, that, that was set out before. So what we did was the next day, you know, she, and she was scared. She, she got in the car afterwards, and she's like, I know you're mad at me. I know you're mad at me. I'm like, no. I'm not mad. I'm just, this is, this is an issue of safety, not an issue of, you know, that, that uh, control. This is a matter of saying, I want to know where you're at, you know. So the next day what we did is we said, okay, you can take this street or this street, walk with friends. And since then, everything has been good. She got home. Everything is good, all right? But because she veered off of the plan, the harmony was off too, the great thing about this uh, is that good harmony can be restored by simply following and obeying God's plan. Good harmony was restored with Molly when she started to follow the plan that her mom and dad had set out before her. We can jump back in and get on God's plan and have good harmony. We can see that by looking a little further into Abram and Sarai's story in Genesis 17, God confirms the covenant he made with Abram that one day he will be the father of many nations. He also changes Abram's name to Abraham. 
He changes Sarai's name to Sarah, which is so much easier to say, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> and God gave Abraham another plan, instructions to follow. God says in Genesis 17, verse 16, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings, kings of people will come from her. In verse 19, it says, Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. God set out a new plan with Abraham and Sarah. This time they, follow, they followed that plan, and they obeyed God. And in Genesis 21, we can see the payoff from their obedience. God blesses them with a son. Even in their old age, Isaac is born. As parents, we make plans, and we expect our kids to follow those plans. But sometimes God gives us plans, and we choose to ignore those plans. Then we wonder why there isn't good harmony within our family. We have these great scriptures for our kids that we like to say, that we like them to follow, like Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, which says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Yeah, and kids, don't, don't get me wrong, you need to do that. That, is, that, that will create good harmony in your family. You should honor your father and mother. You should listen to them. But, we, but are we as parents willing to obey our heavenly father when he gives us the plan? Are we willing to seek God with all of our heart and set the example for our kids to follow? If we want good harmony within our families, it starts with us as parents, and then it falls to our kids. We set the example. If we want Proverbs 22, 6 uh, to happen in our family, if we want to start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from, from it, then it starts with us obeying and following the plan that God has set out before each one of us. On this wonderful Mother's Day, let's learn from these three moms in the Bible on how to have harmony within the family. Good harmony. Anna and Pastor Barry harmony, <laughs> not the Denny harmony, Okay. How can we have good harmony? So I would like to add to the challenge that Pastor Barry gave us as families for the month of May. His challenge last week was that we would follow the conductor, that we would pray and even fast for our families. This week, I want to have harmony within our families. So just like Jochebed had to step out in faith with Moses, she had to trust God and step out in faith even though she didn't know the end results. We need to be praying and listening to God and what he's telling you to do, step out in faith. Do it in whatever area God is telling you to step out in. Just like Mary, let's choose to keep focus. Mary was called to do something great and amazing. She was called to have the Son of Man. She could have easily lost her focus and ran away, but she chose to stay focused to the task at hand. Let's be laser-focused on the things of Jesus concerning our families this month and beyond. But let's start with this month. Last but not least, let's learn from Sarai and realize that harmony within the family requires following. This one is probably the hardest to do as a parent, but it's the most important one to do. God is speaking to you as a parent. And, he's, and if you want to have good harmony within your family, then you need to listen and obey. When we can do that, we will see, you will see harmony in your house with your kids. You'll be teaching them better. When we do that, we will be able to be better parents. We'll be able to teach our kids better, and there will be harmony within our families.
I think that's worth doing. That's worth giving a shot, at least for a month for. Let's go ahead and stand. <clears throat> we got to get out so we can get to the buffets, right? Mother Day buffets. See a lot of hungry people out there. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you uh, for a great time of worship. We thank you for uh, your word, Lord. And I just ask that um, we would strive to have that good harmony within our families, God. That we would uh, seek your face, God. That we would have faith and we would focus on you, God. And that we would just follow your words uh, that you are speaking to us, Lord. God, during our prayer times this week, Lord, I ask that you would speak to every one of us, God. And that we would listen and obey what you have to tell us, God. Lord, I thank you for all the mothers here and online, Lord. And I just ask that uh, you would lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.